Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we're continuing our root series where we're going through some older episodes and just revisiting them because of the value that they hold. And we have so many more listeners now than when we first started. So I went back and I pulled some of these older episodes that I think are really just still relevant and have so much good content in them. And so today is the second half of a conversation we started yesterday about allowing God to take the lead in our lives. And we're looking at the Tower of Babel. So yesterday, we learned all about the towers themselves. And today we're going to talk about its implication in that story and how that also informs our own relationship with God. I pray this episode is a blessing for you. But they wanted to do it on their own terms. So let's go back to the making a name idea. The people are trying to essentially get back to Eden. So that ideal that we see in the beginning of Genesis, that Edenic place, that that sacred space of Eden They're trying to reconcile their world and get back to a place of close relationship with God like it was in Eden. And so in chapter 11, we see them, they're trying to walk with God and restore that ideal, that Eden type relationship with God. But here's the problem. They're doing it on their own terms. Not only that, they are deciding where this sacred space should be, where this Eden-like space would be or could be. And they're trying to decide where God should live and reside. The scholars believe that they built the city in the city of Ur. And so this sacred space, this ziggurat that they built in Ur, the problem is, is that God did not choose this space. Nowhere do we see God telling them that this was sacred space. God did not initiate this. But yet God is the one who chooses and constructs his temples. People can't demand or tell God where he should reside. God does that for himself. And they are attempting to build something on their own terms instead of in response to God's terms. So they're after a good thing, but they're going about it the wrong way. What's this do? This shows us really this need for God to reveal more of himself on his own terms instead of us striving to force it to happen. But yet God does make allowance for that. We see that throughout Genesis. We see that now. The way that God does that Well, through naming and giving function, and ultimately through covenant, God provides a way to know him on his terms. God wants his people to walk with him in relationship. God's goal is relationship with people, and he's made provisions for that to happen. We see that throughout the scriptures. So this Genesis 11 account is people making their own ways instead of what God has ordained them to do. Really, this is a picture of what it looks like when people try to do this by themselves. In Genesis 12, however, we see the opposite. So in Genesis 11, people are trying to do this on their own, and we see the response of God. The response of God is, "Uh uh-uh, this isn't going to work. In Genesis chapter 12, we see God choosing to operate within that function. So he makes a name for Abram. 
he makes a covenant with Abraham. That's where we see God take his initiative. He's making a sacred space. He's making himself known on his terms. So Genesis chapter 11 really is a setup for us to understand the need for covenant in chapter 12, the need for God to reveal himself. That's a need we all have. We all have this need for God to reveal himself in our lives. I want to go real quick to the New Testament, and we see this concept. Jesus talks about it in John chapter 1, verse 51. This is Jesus talking. He then added, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Son of Man is called the ziggurat. Jesus himself is calling himself the ziggurat, the portal, the way, the meeting place between heaven and earth. The goal is to not only know God, but to make him known. And Jesus himself fulfills that ultimate purpose, that ability to have a relationship, walking with God. And that's where we find our purpose and our blessing. And I'll tell you, as we wrap up our series of what we've been talking about, uh, platform building and inappropriate, unhealthy church leadership, I can't help but think about the Zechariah. I have been a part of a lot of different churches over the years. Tell you, there was one where there was a building campaign, and I know a lot of people have been part of building campaigns that have gone wrong. And actually, in our town, there's several that I know of that have just ended poorly. But with this building campaign, it was it did not seem as if it was God's idea because it was incredibly difficult the way that it went down. The building never got built, but this desire to platform build and to expand in areas that perhaps God did not choose and apart from God's prompting or God's initiation, again, what we see over and over again is the intention might not have been bad, but when you go ahead of God and you do things in your own strength, that's the problem. Instead, we need to be waiting for God. And I'll tell you, the opposite happened. So with that building, it never happened. In, in fact, that building, there's two actual building campaigns that just fell apart. Despite people investing thousands and thousands of dollars, the buildings never happened. So in a sense, you could see it was just their Tower of Babel, just God's crushing it because it wasn't his intention. But yet I know of two other churches that were the opposite happened. I know one church that was just kind of doing their thing, doing what God called them to do. And somebody walked in and handed them, I think it was a million dollar check, maybe it was a five million dollar check. I can't remember. It was something insane where they just said, here, build your building. God told me to give this to you. Or what happened in our case, we had done something called Church on the Lawn. So like many other churches during the pandemic, our church had shut down was none of the churches in our community were meeting, like even the small little country churches, nothing was meeting. You couldn't have, I think it was more than 10 people at a time together. And then they raised it to 25 people. And so we had really been praying about what to do because we had done the whole at-home church thing with our family, and we were just really missing community and fellowship with other believers. And so I was actually on my front porch. I was praying about it. And as I was praying about it, God showed me something. He showed me a friend of ours sitting in a camp chair in our front yard. And I thought, well, okay, maybe we're supposed to have church in our front yard. And my husband is a little bit more of an introvert than I am. And he came home from work that day and I was sitting at my desk right where I'm sitting right now. And he said, I need to talk to you about something. And I said, okay, what is it? He said, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I think God wants us to host church here. And I said, okay. And he said, what do you mean? Okay. I said, well, God showed that to me this morning. And he, we both kind of just laughed about how God 
prepared both of us to, uh, beforehand to have this conversation. And so we did. We had church on the lawn. We called it church on the lawn. And fast forward to a year later, we had been meeting with several families consistently at our house. And the Lord started to prompt something in our hearts. Churches had opened up community, but we had really felt the Lord leading us to this close, small home church type community because we had gone so long separated and isolated. We really enjoyed this close fellowship that was happening, this small group of people. And so we kind of didn't want to give that up. So we continued doing this house church model a retired pastor that was a good, still a good friend, some a mentor, he kept kind of prompting us, like, you guys should really start a church. I said, Well, we don't we don't need to start a church where things are fine just doing it on the front lawn. Except we live in Pennsylvania. So anytime it rains or snows, our house is only so big. What ended up happening, I was given a phone number, somebody to call, and there had been a pastor in our community who had passed away of COVID earlier in the year. This church was really struggling. His widow had taken over preaching. She had not even taken one week off. He died midweek and she was preaching on Sunday. And so she had been kind of just exhausted in her grief and they had dwindled down to just a couple of ladies left in the church, three or four, I think it was. They kind of were in a place where they were needing some help. Within less than a week, we had made arrangements where God had given us the space and building to use. We did not have to pay for it. The only thing we had to do was clean the building. We were actually happy to do that, to be able to bless them in that way. I say all that to say that it was not our intention to start a church. It was not our intention to create a sacred space. We kind of did it reluctantly, but obediently, because that was what God was calling us to do. That is allowing God to lead, allowing God to initiate, allowing God to say, hey, this is sacred space. And then we come alongside with what God is already doing. And we are obedient to what God calls us to do. That is a lot different than forcing it. And I think that's what we see in the Tower of Babel story. I think that's the lesson that we can learn in the Tower of Babel story. But ultimately, I, I want to point back to what we read in John 151. Jesus is the ziggurat. Jesus is that meeting place between heaven and earth. And if the goal is to make God known and to know him, then we have to be allowing him to take the lead. And so as we talk about some of the dangerous things that happen in church structures that are not healthy, I think a lot of it boils down to this concept of making a name, trying to outstep God's purpose and function for our lives to try to do it on our own. And I I really think that's the root issue here. Thankfully, we serve a God who recognized that then. He recognizes it in us, and he makes a way to allow for us to have access to who God is and the things that he wants to do in our lives through Jesus. And so that's my prayer. That's my prayer for you this week. That's my prayer for your churches, is that we would pause. We would recognize the areas of our lives where we're trying to make a name for ourselves. And instead, we would back up and we would trust the God who is the name giver. Because ultimately, here's the thing. If you succeed in making a name for yourself, it's eventually going to crumble. I mean, we see that. They they were successful. They built the ziggurat. But what happened? God didn't allow that to succeed. God did not allow that to prosper because it was built on their own strength, not his. 
And if we are believers and we are following God's plan for our lives, we have to allow him to be the one calling the shot. And so even if we are successful in building our own platforms and building our own churches or doing all of these things in a way that's unhealthy, that leaves God's direction and ordination out of the picture, number one, it's not going to last. And number two, we're going to be miserable because when you're trying to do something in your own strength, there's only so long you can do it. And I've been there. I spent the better part of a decade doing things because of man, not because of God. Now, there were moments in that decade that I were I was doing things because of God. And those moments were not the tiring moments. Those moments were the ones where I was operating within my purpose because I was listening to who, who God said I was. But in the other moments where I was trying to perpetuate man's agenda instead of God's agenda, those were the most exhausting years of my life. And so my encouragement is to not get ahead of God. Don't build your own tower. Now, if God has a plan for you to build a tower, believe you me, he's going to provide a way for you to build that tower. But the danger comes when we say, hey, we're going to do this on our own. We're going to make a name for ourselves. So that's my prayer for you this week, that you would recognize that perhaps there's some areas in your life. Maybe it's not church related. Maybe it's career related or maybe it's status. I know a lot of families just, it was crazy. We went we went on vacation. Man, we we were able to, God blessed us with an amazing, amazing vacation. We, went, we were able to go to Hawaii for a couple of weeks and it was a lifelong dream of mine. My husband had been stationed in Hawaii and so we knew that we always wanted to take our girls there and just experience some of the things that he experienced when he lived there. My oldest daughter's getting ready to go to college next year. We just knew that time is limited. So we had just an amazing vacation. And when we came back, you would not believe the amount of people that said hateful things in their jealousy, essentially because they were jealous that we got to go, said some pretty hateful, terrible things, mostly to my children. And I thought, man, if we're so concerned about making a name for ourselves, keeping up with the Joneses, we're allowing this jealousy to come out of our hearts. We're not in a good space. What does that say about a relationship with God? And so this can happen in a lot of ways. This can really come out in a lot of different ways. I want to challenge you this week to think about the areas in your life. Where are you building towers? What does God say about that? It needs to be the question. Where are you building towers? And then I want you to, to really spend some time meditating on John 1, 51. The Son of Man is called the Ziggurat. He himself is the way, that meeting place between heaven and earth. And so our goal is to realize and know the Jesus that fulfills that purpose. Our relationship, walking with God, that's where we find our purpose and our blessing. Let me pray over you. Father God, thank you so much for my friend that's listening today. Thank you that no matter where we are at in the process of building these towers, that we're not so far away that you can't reach us. So Lord God, right now, even right now, I pray that you would convict our hearts you would reveal to us the areas in our lives where we are busy building towers, where we should be busy listening to you. God, I thank you that you are the name giver, that you give us purpose and function for our lives, that that the plan that you have for us is so much better than anything we could build ourselves anyway. So God, right now, I just ask for my friends, for them to hear a fresh word from you, that they would clearly understand what you've called them to do and what you've called them not to do. And God, I pray that you would give them the strength to be obedient to whatever it is you're speaking to them right now. God, I thank you for my my friends that are listening. I pray that you would be with them, that your spirit would dwell in them in such a way that they would sense your tangible presence upon them this week. I thank you for these listeners. I thank you for this community. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going.